Praise God. We are back into a uh, uh, Antioch U evening format. So, teaching here and then after offering we will dismiss for classes for those that are taking one of the Antioch U classes. Several weeks back, uh, I believe three Thursday nights ago, not mistaken, two or three Thursday nights ago, <coughs> excuse me, introduced uh, the theme, not just for Thursday nights, but feel like that right now with where we are and what God is doing, it's, it's kind of the theme of all of that or one way of summarizing it, and that is, thy kingdom come. And a couple of weeks ago when we start, started into some teaching on this was the night we had the the, uh, the, the icy road conditions, so a lot of you weren't able to be here. I, I hope that you perhaps took the time to uh, watch that or listen. So just for a really quick second uh, before I get into, we move forward here tonight, a, a little bit of the gist of that, that night was you can't be involved in establishing His kingdom someplace else if it's not in your life. So you can't be in, if you, you, you can't get involved in spiritual warfare, which, which in a context is establishing his kingdom, if his kingdom isn't established in your life. And use the analogy of the, of the British government, and, and there is a queen, there is a queen in England, and, and one day perhaps when she passes, there's going to be a king again as one of the heirs takes the throne. But that's, that's not like the, 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 uh, kingdoms of old because really her power is limited and the the parliament operates a significant part of the government and and a lot of what she does really is more symbolic than it is actual and if we're not careful we try to we try to have a walk with God based on the British government you can be king as long as we're parliament so you kind of, you're a figurehead in my life, but you, you don't really run it all. And I will designate a few areas and a few powers, but most of all, I want you just to kind of be symbolic. And I want to be able to say I have a king, even though you're not fully in control. And so in, in, in a nutshell, that, that was kind of what that Thursday night was about, ultimately. Jesus prayed, most of you know it, the, the, the pattern of how to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And, and what I want to do here partly tonight, at least in the beginning of this, I, I, I do think a lot of times we lose sight of the significance of what we are a part of. And we can apply that in different contexts. For example, when it comes to salvation, the, pro, the experience you've had of salvation is not just some you know, latest and greatest religious experience there is. Not only can we trace it back to the turn of the 1900s when, when as there was a fresh outpouring in Azusa and other places, but we can go back to the day of Pentecost. A lot of times we say that's where it starts, but really that, that's not where it all originated because when you begin to study what God said to Abraham and the promise that God made to Abraham, you can find typology and things in there that connect with the new birth experience. And so when you want to get in a discussion with somebody about, you know, well, what does it take to be saved? You got to be baptized in Jesus name, 
for the remission of their sins, be filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues as the evidence of the Holy Ghost. And they say, well, I think all you got to do is is uh, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, let's see who can trace that back the farthest. They can't go more than a couple of decades. We can go a couple thousand years. And if it worked then, it works now. And so... So, so that that's one thing, and, and not only not only the not only salvation, but the church itself. Jesus said, "Upon this rock, I will build my church." And and if we're not careful, ch- church is just another organization that we're a part of. It may be a little bit more exciting, a little more fun than some other things, but if we're not careful, it's just an organization. Let's be honest. Religion has been a part of America since its beginning. And I realize it's dwindling and lots and less and less people are going to church, but as a part of the fabric of our society was religion. And so it's not all that uncommon to go to church. We have to understand we're not just going to church because somebody one day decided let's do something called church. But it started with the creator and he one day he said, I'm going to build my church. And so this is a supernatural thing that we are a part of. And so in the context of tonight, I, I want to, we, we, we start a lot of times and I'm going to go there tonight, but we start in the New Testament and I used this passage a couple of weeks ago, but I want to start with it tonight. Let's, let's go where we kind of see an initial, uh, a, a, a prophetic, um, uh, uh, a prophecy of the kingdom. It wasn't just when Jesus showed up. It wasn't just, and I'll read it here in a little while. It wasn't just when John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is that. That's not when it started. And I'm not saying this is where it started, but I want you to see how far back it was foretold. And so if you go to, if we go to Daniel chapter number seven and verse number 13, the scripture says this, I saw in the night visions and behold, One like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. And there was given, look what was given to him, dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So that means it does not matter what circumstances and situations look like. It doesn't matter what the condition of the church looks like in comparison to the condition of the world. And it may seem like the world is getting stronger and the church is getting weaker. And maybe in some ways that's the case. But there is a promise that his kingdom will not pass away and his kingdom will not be destroyed. You want to be a part of something that's going up and never going down? You need to be a part of the church. I, you know, going back, if, if to have a kingdom, you have a king, and then there's laws, and there's there's laws that you got to live under. Let me tell you something: God's laws leave lead to life. Lawlessness leads to death, and and it never ceases to amaze me the blindness that comes, especially to people that once lived under God's law and now live lawless, and their life falls apart, but they just don't seem to get it. 
Sat today, I was in the barber shop and listened as an individual there talked about their husband who is, is in his 70s and he hadn't seen his children since they were five and seven years old and his children have been wanting to reach out but he doesn't want anything to do with them, doesn't want any contact with them, doesn't, doesn't want, they, they, they want, thinking, man, that's, that's sad. Some of you probably can relate to something like that. But that's what happens when you live without God's law. And it's not a matter of if you live under God's law, everything's perfect. I'm going to touch on that here in a little bit tonight. That's not the case. But there, there's a lot of things that go a whole lot better when you live under God's law. Uh, I was coming to church this morning and, and uh, I, I, was, I was getting off of 50, getting ready to get on the Ritchie Highway. And there was an older uh, Jeep Cherokee. And, and I could see what I thought was a sign on on the back, kind of wedged around the, uh, the the middle brake light, and 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 I was I was in a hurry, and I was dealing some stuff that I was just kind of tense, and my my foot was on the accelerator, and I and and I kind of got up close enough to see that on that bumper it said it said uh, the the gist of it was I'm doing the speed limit, get off my bumper. <laughs> I kind of backed off and. Decided not to pass. Somebody was living wisely under the law. Not having to worry about if that cop that sits at the Church of Christ every now and then is there. And I respected them so much for that sign, I decided, you know what, I'm going to make some space between you and me, and I'm just going to sit back, because... For a lot of reasons, one reason is I don't want to whip around you and then go pulling into the church. So I will, um, I'll stay off your bumper and let you do the speed limit. But, but God's laws, uh, James, I think it is, I believe it's James, talks about the law of liberty. You actually can't have liberty without some kind of law. Because liberty without law is chaos and confusion and, and, and it causes heartache and pain. And so there is a law that's not about bondage and oppression, but it's actually a law that leads you to live free. Free from addiction, free from the bondage of sin, free from the pain of your past. Rain it in here. Amplified says it this way, I saw in the night visions and behold on the clouds of the heavens came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was prevented before. I like that term, ancient of days. I tried to study and see if I could get some really cool whatever and I didn't find anything. But it just the ancient of days, that means before time ever began, God had already been around a long time. And there was given him, the Messiah, dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. The New Living Translation says it this way, any, excuse me, as my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man 
coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Never. And so Daniel sees prophetically what is to come, the Messiah that is to come, and read throughout the Gospels. I forget from from a couple of weeks ago, but how many how many times? Uh, uh, it's it's I I think it's close to ninety or so times that either the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is mentioned primarily throughout the Gospels because Jesus came to establish the kingdom. Let me just let me uh let me take a side road for a moment before we keep on with the some of the main theme here tonight. The exciting thing is Daniel sees this vision of one like the son of man approaching the ancient of days and gets power and dominion and glory a kingdom that's not going to pass away that cannot be destroyed. That's awesome, isn't it? That's awesome. The Messiah, Jesus, to come, gets that power and authority. But what happens one day when Jesus is with his disciples? I give you the keys of the kingdom. I haven't just come to establish this myself. I haven't just come to do this all by myself. I haven't come for you to watch me do it, but I've come to give, I've come to join together with you, and I've come to give you authority that was given to me. And so whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Might get a little bit excited about that, I mean... Anybody got the keys tonight? Any, anybody a, a continuation, a continuation of what Daniel saw in his vision. You are now a continuation of that dominion and that authority and that sovereignty and, and that kingdom that's gonna, that's gonna impact every nation, every language, every race, and it's not gonna be destroyed and it's gonna last forever. You and I are not only a fulfillment of that, but we are a continuation of that, and it's gonna continue until Jesus comes. So let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse number 1. Those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. John said that 2,000 years ago. He didn't say it's coming. He said it's here. So that means you and I are a part of something that's, that's here. Not what's coming. I know there's more coming. I know, I know there's things coming in eternity, but here and now there is a kingdom that John said is at hand. The Amplified says it this way and saying, repent. 
Think differently. Change your mind regretting your sins and changing your conduct. Can I just throw in tonight, you have not truly repented if you're not regretting what you did. There's a lot of times we apologize to God. We apologize. We tell him we're sorry for what we did, but we don't regret what we did. I'm not talking about being ashamed and shame and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. But repentance is not just sorry for what I did. Repentance is I, I regret what I did. I regret it for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is I regret it because it went against you. Regretting your sins and changing your conduct. So not only is there some regret and repentance, there got to be a change. You repent and keep doing the same thing over and over. You haven't repented. Brother Ryder, you saying if I repent, I'll never make the same mistake again. No. There's a difference between a righteous man falling and a rebellious man calculating what he's going to do. Knowing, knowing I'm going to, I'm going to repent. I'm going to repent, but I don't really intend to change. No, that, that, that's, that, that's different than the person that regrets and is sorrowful and repents and then finds themselves in weakness doing the same thing again. That's not the same thing. Well, how do you know the difference? The heart. The heart. And guess what? He alone really knows the heart. So you better be careful when you judge somebody for what they do and how much they do it. Maybe they are being rebellious and stubborn, but maybe they've got a heart that's right and they've just got some weakness that's got to be worked out. And then for me as an individual, I don't want to err on the side of, well, it's a weakness when I'm really just being stubborn and rebellious. For the kingdom of heaven is, somebody say is, is at hand, is. Is the kingdom of heaven at hand in your life? Oh, hallelujah. Is the kingdom of heaven at hand in your life? Lastly, Weist's New Testament says it this way. Be having a change of mind which issues in regret and a change of conduct. For, the, for there has come near and is imminent the kingdom of heaven. The word kingdom simply means properly, or in the Greek it means properly royalty, abstract rule, or concretely a realm, literally or figuratively. It means royal power, kingship, dominion, I, I want and rule. I want you to draw out in the context of where we are and and, and what I believe this is all about for us, that word realm and dominion. Not, uh, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago and as we first started tonight about you and your individual life and him being the king of your life. So if you haven't gotten that settled yet, that's between you and him. We're moving on. Realm, a realm, a realm. It's dominion. A realm. My house should be a realm. Wherever I go should be a realm. 
because I've got a king who I am under his authority. And so the kingdom is established in my life. And so wherever I go, I take the kingdom. Adam Clark says this, but why is it called the kingdom of heaven? Because God designed that his kingdom of grace here should resemble the kingdom of glory above. And hence, our Lord teaches us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, says Paul in Romans fourteen seventeen. does not consist of the gratification of sensual passions or worldly ambition, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, what can there be more than this in glory? Righteousness without mixture of sin. Peace without strife or contention. Joy in the Holy Spirit, spiritual joy without mixture of misery. This kingdom here and now, we've got some of those mixtures. Whether we've got it in us individually or it's the life that we are, we associate with, the people we associate with, the world that we are in. It doesn't matter how righteous, just how righteous you get, there's still sin in this world. But there's coming a day where there's going to be a kingdom that there won't be any sin in that kingdom. But what we're getting now is a taste. And all this, it is possible by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to enjoy here below. How then does heaven itself differ from this state? The answer, it makes the righteousness eternal, the peace eternal, and the joy eternal. This is the heaven of heavens. The phrase kingdom of heaven is frequently used by the rabbinical writers and always means the purity of the divine worship and the blessedness which a righteous man feels when employed in it. It is further added, this kingdom is at hand. The dispensation of the glorious gospel was now about to be fully opened. And the Jews were to have the first offers of salvation. This kingdom is also at hand to us. And wherever Christ crucified is preached, there is salvation to be found. Jesus is proclaimed to thee, O man, as infinitely able and willing to save. Believe in his name, cast thy soul upon his atonement, and enter in to rest. It's God's will that you and I get a taste of the kingdom here. It's not going to be the fully established kingdom with everything that's going to be in that eternal kingdom. But we ought to have a taste of that kingdom here. Again, in our own lives personally, and then in our lives corporately, collectively as a body, we should be experiencing the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Barnes note says this, the phrase kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven have been supposed to have a considerable variety of meaning. Some have supposed that they refer to the state of things in heaven, others to the personal reign of Christ on earth, others that they mean the church or the reign of Christ in the hearts of his people. There can be no doubt that there is reference in the words to the condition of things in heaven after this life. But, but... The church of God is preparatory, is a preparatory state to that beyond the grave. 
You, you know what? If if you um if you don't enjoy worshiping, you might not want to go to heaven. Although the alternative is really not a good option. The Bible says, I believe it's in the book of Revelation, in one place it talks about it's, it's going to be the sound of many waters. The volume and the intensity of our praise is going to be the sound of many waters. Anybody ever had the privilege of standing next to Niagara Falls in the summertime? I say summer because I've been there summer and winter and both are spectacular. You go in the winter time and it's frozen over and there's snow and, and that mist that comes up is, is attaching to the light post on the edges and it's just an incredible thing. And so it's, it's absolutely beautiful and, and very different in both seasons. So in that summertime, you've got that full volume of water and that sound, that thundering sound of water as it goes over the waterfall. I, I think that's a little bit what the, what Revelation is talking about is going to happen when we all gather together in heaven and realize we finally made it and we finally been delivered. And so every time, Every time we gather together in church and other situations like that, we, we're getting a little bit of taste of heaven. The church of God is a preparatory state to that beyond the grave. A state in which Christ preeminently rules and reigns and there is no doubt that the phrases sometimes refer to the state of things in the church and that they may refer therefore to the state of the things which the Messiah was to set up his spiritual reign begun in the church and completed in heaven. The expression the kingdom of heaven is at hand would be, tra would be best translated the reign of God draws near. We do not say commonly of a kingdom that it is movable or that it approaches. A reign may be said to be at hand and it may be said with, a, with propriety that the time when Christ would reign was at hand. In this sense, it is meant that the time when Christ should reign or set up his kingdom or begin his dominion on earth under the Christian economy was about to commence. The phrase then should not be confined to any period of that reign, but includes his whole dominion over his people on earth and in heaven. He can, you know what, we, we, we got this problem a lot of times. And, and that problem is God doesn't operate on time. God operates on eternity. And time is just, it's not even a blip on his radar. I mean, the ancient of days, how is time? A, I, I, it's nothing. But our problem is we got, we, 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 we got time and God's got to be on our timetable. God's got to do it, you know, we, we only got a little, we only got so many years here, God, you got to, you got to do something now. I realized it was started 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, and, and from man's perspective, that's a long time. And it, and it may seem like, you know, here we are 2,000 years later, and, 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 and we're, we're kind of hanging on, and we're, maybe we're not even 
quite. And although I, I've, you know, there, there are statistics that there are more folks praying through, uh, it, it, on a regular basis throughout the world that there are, that, that when you divide it up, that there are multiple days of Pentecost that take place throughout the year. When you combine all, and that's simply what they, some of the statistics they know of in the United Pentecostal Church. And there's more people getting the Holy Ghost around the world than are just in the United Pentecostal Church. And, and so what, what happened on the day of Pentecost, 3,000, and then a multi, multitudes later we hear getting, getting saved. That, that's ha- that actually is happening today. We may not be seeing it all the time in one location, but when you put it all together, Pentecost is happening. I don't think it's what any of us are expecting it's ultimately going to be. I mean, if this is it, I'm not going anywhere because I want to go to heaven. But I got to tell you, if this is it, this sure isn't what I was expecting. And so the phrase then should not be confined to any period of that reign, but includes his whole dominion over his people on earth and in heaven. So I want to spend the last couple of minutes here tonight. Go back to what John said. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. My question becomes, if the kingdom of heaven is at hand, if it's here, why, why, why is there still chaos and confusion and trouble and problems? Why in my life do I experience, still experience heartache and pain and difficulty? Am I the only one that may wonder that sometimes? So he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The three words is at hand basically come from one, one word in the Greek that means to make near, reflexively to approach, to make near, to approach. So based on the literal definition of what John said, the Greek word there, John, the English says it's at hand. The Greek word is it's approaching, it's drawing near, it's coming, it's being established. I mentioned this, I, I think, last week or some point recently. The analogy or the idea about the children of Israel when they were in bondage in Egypt. They lived in a place called Goshen. Look at what uh, Exodus Exodus 8 says, verse 22. I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Also Exodus 9:26. only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were was there no hail. So these plagues are taking place and impacting Egypt, but the children of Israel are in this place called Goshen, where those things are not affecting them. Ultimately, that last plague of the firstborn dying in all of Egypt, I, I know they had to apply the blood and all of that was a part of it, but still, the point is, where they were, there was something different there than every place else. However, however, what did they have to deal with every day? Right. 
They had to deal with the Egyptians. They had to deal with bondage. They had to deal with the slavery they were in. They had to deal with some hard taskmasters. They had to deal with a whole lot of adversity. Yet at the same time they're dealing with that, there's also this place that has been established. Oh, it's not getting out there like it is in here. In the midst of living in this land of Egypt, there was, if you will, some kingdom that had been established. And yes, they still were dealing with some difficulties and hardships, but there was also a distinct separation between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. So that word at hand, again, means to make near or to approach. Listen to what the word Goshen means. Approaching. Drawing near. Kind of like the same word at hand. So can I present to you tonight that I think what took place with the children of Israel in Egypt and in Goshen was a shadow An idea, a typology of what was to come. Because everything that happened to them in the natural was intended to be for us to learn spiritual principles. And so the same way in which the children of Israel lived in Goshen and those plagues could not touch them because something had come near. Even in the midst of bondage and slavery, there was something that had come near. I've come to encourage you tonight, challenge you tonight, stir you up tonight that even in the midst of Egypt that we are living in, even in this world, there is something that can draw near. And there's something that can be established in our lives. No, 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 no. Everything's not going to be perfect. Everything's not going to be problem free. We're still going to have to deal with some stuff. Jesus said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There was some heartache, there was some pain, there was some stuff they had to deal with. But there was a realm. There was some dominion. It can happen out there, but it can't happen in here. It can affect them, but it can't affect you. That's what happened when the kingdom comes. That's what happens when the kingdom is manifested in our lives. When that realm gets set up, it begins to impact things and change things and influence things that are going on around us. Again, not everything's ever going to be perfect in this life. If it was, it'd be heaven. It wouldn't be this life. Never going to be perfect. But somehow, we've got to learn to make that distinction because... Too much, too many times our faith and our confidence in God and, and our, and our belief system is tied into natural circumstances and situations. Somehow, if we could understand, you know what? 
things can be imperfect in my life. There, there can be some difficulties and troubles, and yet the kingdom of God be manifested and established, and there be a realm and a dominion that's in my life. That while I still got have to deal with some things in this life, I, I'm not dealing with everything in this life, because in this realm, in this location, there's a different king in charge. And he's a king like no other king. There's been a lot of kings throughout history that like to hoard and accumulate and take from the poor and even the wealthy and keep it to themselves. But this king's a little different because this king's not just a, not just a great king, but he's also a father and, and he's a great father. And so as a great father, he likes to bestow upon his sons and his daughters what belongs to him as the king. Has the kingdom, has the kingdom come? Is the kingdom established in your life? I know, I know we're Antioch and I know we're apostolics and I know it's, it's relationship, not religion. I, I know we know all of that up here. But do we know all of that in our heart? And does that, is that really ultimately influencing and affecting our minds and our spirits and our attitudes and our outlook on life? kingdom is at hand. The exciting thing for you and I is, I don't think there's ever been anybody as close to the final, full establishing of that kingdom than you and I are. Because there's coming a day when what was spiritual... is going to be manifested in the natural. And it won't matter what the government is. Don't matter what religion it may be. Doesn't matter how much power they have, what kind of armies they have. The King of Kings, the Lord of hosts. One day, one day, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The privilege and the blessing that you and I have tonight is we're not waiting for a day to be forced to do that. But we have already willingly acknowledged and surrendered to the fact that we do believe you are Lord. I, I tried. I, I tried to find a great story Actually, just a couple minutes before I came in, I tried to find, you, can, you know, you can find just about anything online. And, but I tried to find a really great story. I, I know preachers that actually ask people for help for things like this. And I, I've never done that. Maybe I ought to think about doing that. I, all right, I thought about it. I won't do it. But I, I tried to find a story because I, I know they're out there. And I, 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 I can faintly recall at times hearing some through my life. But, but finding a story about people that possessed something that the value of it, they had, they, they live without any clue of what they had. 
And then somehow one day something happened and for some, unfortunately, it was after they passed away that somebody finds what they have and discovers the great treasure and the value of what they have. I pray, I, I pray for you, but I also pray for myself that I don't end up living my walk with God like that, never fully understanding and experiencing the value and the potential of what I have. Get to heaven and realize there was a whole lot more to the kingdom that could have been manifested in this life than what I experienced. Let me, let me give you, let me give you, I'm, I'm basically finished teaching, but let me, let me tell you about the kingdom coming. Let me tell you about the kingdom coming. Last Thursday night we prayed for intercessors to be commissioned as a prayer team this afternoon and I instructed last Thursday night our first prayer request yes, sir. was for brother and sister Gross uh-huh. the Pinewood Village congregation and for there to be doors open connections made now I got to tell you my doors open prayer was a figurative prayer but this is the email from Sister Gross today. Wanted to give God glory. Pastor David was at, we, we asked the intercessors would link arms with us and believe that God would grant us access to the locked buildings. Well, he did just that. Hold on, hold on. Song says, don't wait till the battle's over, shout now. Wait, wait till the testimony's over, shout then. That's all right. I'm never bothered to be interrupted by shouting. So, well, he did just that. Brother Gross felt to make flyers and put them on the outside of some of the buildings. However, out of the 60 units that he went to, 80% of the doors were already open. Doors busted or ajar, etc. So we prayed for God to open some spiritual doors and God decided to do in the natural what we asked for in the spiritual. Brother Gross also said that while he and Gabriel were putting the flyers up that it was as if he could hear Rahab say, Where have you been? Then Sister Gross writes, he left to go up to church and I received a phone call from a lady that said she saw the flyer and was in need of prayer. She and I prayed and the Holy Ghost moved over the phone. She began speaking in tongues and confessing her faith that God already had done what she needed. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. Received this from Brother Phil Schoenthal today. Had a testimony from a guy that works for him that came to care group last week. They prayed for his sister-in-law who was ter- who had terminal cancer. He said the whole past week she was in a coma and they only knew she was alive because of faint breathing. Two nights ago, she woke up, got up, and said she felt fine and is totally normal. 
She called her brother wants to hear more about the Bible and salvation. That's the kingdom. That's a realm. That's dominion. That's in the middle of Egypt and all the other stuff going on. There's a Goshen that is being established. There's something that's drawing near. And God is manifesting himself in a fresh new way. Oh, hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus.